Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Seminar Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my good buddy, Dylan, and we're going to talk about Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Dylan, what the heck is that? That's a 1997 comedy. Um, yeah, with Lisa Kudrow and uh, Mino Savari. It's your turn now. <laughs> Welcome to my hell. Oh man, that was that was funny. That was definitely just a slip of the tongue. That it's that was not supposed to happen. Made in the nineties. <laughs> um, before we talk about this romp of a reunion. Do you want to talk about anything else? What have you been watching? Um, mentioned this when we were talking during trivia night, but I watched Minari. Uh, oh, right on. Which is amazing. It won the Golden Globe last night, which I did not. Or was that last night? Maybe the night before. Doesn't yeah, it's Sunday night. It's Sunday night. Um, yeah, uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Really sweet. Very funny. Um, yeah, very endearing. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, right on. Um, and then I watched Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke. Rewatched <laughs> it. Rewatched it. Because nice. uh, I got the Blu-ray copy. And man, that movie is, it still, like, obviously the humor is of that time. It's, yeah. it's part of the zeitgeist. And there, I bet if a lot of people did not grow up with this movie, and like watched it just like blindly right now, it probably wouldn't hold up for, or like it just wouldn't work for them because the humor of about marijuana is so stereotyped back then that like things are very uh, not that now. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of comedy. It's hot. Comedies are tough because they're all so of their time. Even if they're not hyper-referential, the nature of comedy, the taste of comedy really evolves compared to some of our other narrative structures. So yeah. going back even 10, 15 years on anything, and certainly 20, 30, 40 years, it starts to get real dicey, you know, um, yeah. in terms of tone at the very least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time arguing. I, given my background, it's one of the movies that I like was shockingly allowed to watch. And so I did over and over again as a young child. So I did grow up with this movie and I, I, I love it a lot, man. Same. Uh, but like, I, yeah, I just feel like if a, a kid from today were to watch it, they'd be like, I'd rather watch Pineapple Express. Like that, that sure. would be more relevant for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, the the stakes of Cheech and Chong, even at their <laughs> at up in smoke specifically at their most extreme, is Sergeant Stadinko. You know, yeah. we already know he's a big dummy. So, Stacy Keach, his Stacy Keach baby. Right, on. I like that movie a lot. I'm glad anytime I watch it. It is it is kind of dumb, but um, I lived on the same block as their house in L.A. at one point. Oh, no shit. What, yeah. what neighborhood is it? It's, uh, it's I'd have to look it up to be sure, but it's right by uh, LACC. 
Holy fuck. Yeah, it's right, right, right there. Stomping grounds. True to uh, history. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really it. I've watched some others, but I mean, I mean, like I rewatched uh, some Jewel. Uh, damn, I'm really fucking up names today. Uh, Jacques Demy films, the French filmmaker. He made, uh, uh, he's Agnes Varda's husband. Okay. Um, I watched his whole Criterion box set. I hadn't seen uh, two of them in the box set. So I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to watch all of them. And Lola, which he made in 1961, is still by far my favorite. It's, oh my God, it's a captivating film. I highly recommend that. And I also recommend, I didn't watch this one. It's been a minute, but his first American film, is slightly connected to Lola uh, because the same female actress plays the same role in this movie. And his his French films are connected to uh, like very small with just like characters leaving another character for someone, but it's just mentioned. Um, but Model Shop, I highly recommend over everything. It captures 1969 Hollywood at that time and like they're shooting right here on like vine uh you remember piano bar yeah on selma yeah he he literally pulls over to get film developed right where piano bar was and Um, just seeing it at that time just like i love this movie so much it's gorgeous yeah for sure um i talked about it briefly during trivia i think but um, I watched Collateral again recently. And you did not mention that during trivia. Well, sure. We were talking about he, but I'm thinking about just Michael Mann generally. And mm-hmm. like the way he shoots LA as an industrialized city, I find super interesting and okay. uh, unique. Collateral, Collateral is fantastic to me. I showed it to my buddy who hadn't seen it and he liked it. He didn't dig on the the hyper grain like that that high definition that early high definition camera that he's using yeah but i mean if you watch him talk like he's like that's the style i wanted for this i wanted it to feel gritty and i think it works a hundred percent like i love of mapping the route that like jamie fox does like he literally just does this whole loop around los angeles in one night and michael mann captured it perfectly yeah, and using that camera, he's a lot, He's able to shoot, well, not only in those tight spaces, but in the dark spaces without getting too much reflection, yeah. which is, you know, the huge problem on a film camera compared mm-hmm. to the digital technology that he's employing. I, I wonder if he actually used a lot less light to get that green, or if he, like, did have to make it, like, a big studio light like when they're in the alleyway and stuff like was there a big balloon light hanging over that or was it just no go shoot it get that dark green feel i'm curious i, I should watch uh, the making of again it's been since at least high school i'd be curious too i sometimes find the grain a little distracting you know where i find it really distracting is in miami vice um yes here it's- Which, it, that movie's too long is what it is that movie is too has a terrible soundtrack, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, Lincoln Park and Jay Z. <laughs> actually, that's the best that the soundtrack. That's the best is. song. Yeah. 
oh my god anyways um so <laughs> i watched um i thought it was a rewatch but i don't think i had ever seen conan the barbarian before arnold because i would remember arnold schwarzenegger punching a camel <laughs> yeah <laughs> nope Nope, 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 this was new to me. Uh, and then so I also watched Conan the Destroyer in rapid succession. And I, you know, what's to say? I, I like, I love sort of, I love the artifice of studio filmmaking, right? So there's a lot of stuff in there for me to love. But the whole time I was watching Barbarian, it's got a, it does plot stuff that I really don't like in addition to like the aggressive toxic masculinity on display, but just the way that it's like, <laughs> oh, we're in this set piece. And then a guy walks in and says, hey, we have to go to this place now. And that's just, they do that over and over times and over. in a row and then the movie's over. And it, it's crazy looking, so I love that. But the second one is also crazy looking and feels like more of a coherent story, even if it's a dumber, worse <laughs> story. <laughs> I've never seen either of them. I've seen clips of uh, Conan the Barbarian, but I don't think I've seen anything from The Destroyer. And he he was Hercules, right? And Hercules goes to New York at yeah. one point. Is that what I'm thinking of as well? That's not Conan. Okay, okay. That's not Conan. That's his film <laughs> debut in like 69 or something. I have a copy here. I've been going down an Arnold hole slowly but surely. Yeah, no, I should. I You know what? If I feel in like a weird, like cheesy, action-y mood, I should pop those on. It's just they were never ones that like, caught my attention like i never cared about a big shirtless arnold i'd rather see him in a leather jacket fucking riding a motorcycle with eddie furlong i mean i'm gonna watch that movie anytime it's on but i i like i said i just love insane costumes and big set pieces i'm here for all of that stuff and it really yeah, was saying, period. sorry go ahead what you're saying i want to see yeah and it's it has a real like cast of thousands kind of vibe where you're just like damn there's got to be 400 extras on screen right now is that possible back in the day yeah it was baller dude it's cool as shit for that stuff you know but yeah anyways um the movie that i kind of want to talk about is spontaneous have you seen spontaneous oh I thought you were saying it is spontaneous, like you're... Off you're, the cuff, uh, I'm just riffing here. No, I have not seen Spontaneous. Dude, I really liked it. It's what got, is it? in it? Oh, man, let me take a look at the cast. And while I'm doing so, just remind you that it's got this sort of like, um, we're blowing up at random thing happening. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Catherine Langford, no... Yeah, Catherine Langford is the lead, and she's really, really, really good. Charlie Plummer plays a significant role also. Huh. Yeah, no, I have not heard of this movie at all. It is newer, though. Yeah, it's uh, 2020, depending on how you count it. I um, do like Piper Parabo, though. <laughs> yeah, and Rob Hubel as the... Oh, Hubel's in it. Yeah, he's the dad. It's, nice. it's a delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. It's, so it's like a... A real coming of age thing and uh it just ends up sitting a lot with grief and a sort of unrelenting grief and a um trying to process something that's not processable 
and huh. that worked for me and it's also does a really good job as a parable about teenage angst you know which is <laughs> unprocessable when you're going through that stuff you know okay um but i i really dug on it man i and plus people blow up all the damn time it's cool all right all right oh well while we're on uh grief you've watched the newest wandavision episode what is grief if not love persisting dude i watched the newest episode last night it was man they are doing something really great with this show uh which i wasn't like fully expecting uh like they oh man i'm just really impressed with it truly yeah. the acting i love them calling out katherine hahn calling out how the accent uh, her accent is always even throughout the movie she's like man that what is with that accent yeah, oh my god it is so good I, I loved it i can't i don't i hope there's two more episodes i don't want it to end after nine or if that was the last one i don't know sure i well, yeah. no, that was the last one i think because the ending credit clip oh sure it did it sure did have a post credit scene didn't it oh man i'm gonna have to look that up that's gonna bum me out because i really want another episode i find myself getting less and less interested with the show as it goes more and more mcu but really yeah yeah unfortunately but i do agree the stuff that it's doing is really incredible and i you know i'm loving it i don't mean to besmirch it it's really working for me in a lot of ways you know i'm i'm also hoping there's another episode this season <laughs> uh, like the yeah the when they were sitting on the bed um is that it's a scene before that line happens right when they're just like watching tv together in the whatever facility oh uh it, it's it's after it's once they're Catherine Hahn is walking her through her doors. Okay. Right, 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 right. So anyways, that, that, I think that's a really beautiful scene. Um, I agree. And it hit me hard. The, I am a little more on the side of like, oh, that grief line may be punching a little hard, but it definitely says it all. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the scene of the, uh, like going back to when they were kids and they're watching her favorite Dick Van Dyke episode, yeah and fucking mary tyler moore being gorgeous as ever just doing her thing uh and the bomb goes off dude i i fucking i jolted i was like oh shit i because i was getting caught up in the show and, Dick <laughs> <Van Dyke. laughs> and then they cut back to the kids i'm like oh she loves these shows and boom i'm like oh my god fuck me yeah for sure it's a trip <laughs> I found myself thinking. <laughs> I found myself thinking of Chewbacca at that point in the episode because it's they sort of frame it as like, oh right, her entire existence is just like trauma, move into trauma, move into trauma, and sort of all we know about the character Chewbacca is like loss after loss after loss. In the same way that she's like lost her parents, lost her brother, lost her husband, and that's been the plot for her. That's it. Yeah. I, I didn't realize they never called her the Scarlet Witch until that episode. Yeah, see, I don't care. I'm, I didn't realize that either, and it means nothing to me. Good for them. That's great. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about Romy and Michelle and their oh. high school reunion? <sighs> How many times have you seen this movie? 
Oh, a high handful, you know, probably around a dozen times. I saw it, you know, for sure a handful of times as a kid and then went on a long, long break and watched it probably about a year ago. And then again for this. I think I've watched this movie, like as a kid, I watched it a lot, but like, I'm pretty sure I've watched it one time a year (laughs) since, since it's come out. Like this movie is really funny. And I think it gets way better with age. There are so many lines in this movie that (laughs) just kill me. Uh, And just like the cast, another cast that is stacked. Yeah, it's an incredible cast. (laughs) Um, So yeah, where do we, what do we begin with? Um, Let's begin with the cast, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Kudrow is always fantastic and she's super fantastic here. I found myself really, really impressed with Mira Sorvino. There's a few turns that she has, like when they they get questioned about what their business is for the first time and she just dead face stares right back at them for, it feels like 30 seconds. It can't be, but she just doesn't break at all. <laughs> it's so fucking good. That's the scene where uh, she's like, uh, do you have like a businesswoman special? Like, <laughs> yeah. We're like businesswomen. We're businesswomen. <laughs> Two Diet Cokes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So, so, so funny. My The one for me, uh, speaking of incredible lines, is hang on i wrote it down because i wanted to give her credit for <laughs> oh yeah i got a bunch of lines okay it's will you excuse me i cut my foot before and my shoe is filling up with blood <laughs> <laughs> and then she limps away that i had kind of a similar reaction i was i describing this at a, one of the movies we talked about a few weeks ago where about at that point, I laughed so fucking hard, and then I just did not stop laughing at this movie. <laughs> Good. Uh, one of my favorite lines is Janine Garofalo when uh, she, uh, I can't remember the brand of the cigarette she created, but she's like, you ever heard of these? Cigarette, uh, quick burning cigarettes for the, gra- for the gal on the go. And that I say that to my buddy, like, I'm just like, yeah, I just need a cigarette <laughs> for the gal on the go. And he's like, what? What are you saying? I'm like, it's Romeo and Michelle. You won't, you don't get it. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but sh- again, Garofalo has so many lines. Uh, Toby, shut the fuck up. And uh, she's so mean. She is so mean to Toby. I feel so bad for her. But then at the end, she's like, could you please not tell me to shut the fuck up? It really hurts my feelings. Cameron Manheim, who's also fantastic in this movie. Yep. I think I like that. I want to talk about that whole dynamic because I I think it's super successful how it it does that turn of like everybody's shitting on everybody and they're all just kids, you know, dumb assholes being assholes to each other because they're just kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got a, a Roby. the bullies who get their comeuppance. The, the bullies? Is that what you said? Yeah, like the mean yeah. girls and mm-hmm. what's his name? 
uh, Christy Masters. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way she gives the line reading of her name at the, you know, when they're doing the awards. Christy Masters, whatever. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Kutra is like, uh, uh, what does she say? She's like, oh, uh, well, it looks like you guys got fat. And she's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you get Alan Cumming as Sandy Fink or Frank, which Frank. man, it's so he, he kind of points at something I want to get into about this movie because he's really great in here. And when he shows up in the dream sequence with that makeup, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get like super done up, <laughs> so crazy looking like Rick Springfield and Ricky yeah. and the Flash. It's <laughs> so jarring. <laughs> and up until then I was sort of bouncing along on the absurdity of the movie that I was like oh right this can't be real yeah. and even a little bit past that I was like oh right this is obviously <laughs> anyways um, but I'm still like like I said I'm being carried with it I'm going there and I want more of that energy from this movie I think it succeeds a little more when it's being that heightened you know, I could stand that tone through kind of all of this. And I mean, that dream more, sequence is solidly 10 minutes, right? It's long. Yeah, no, it's a big chunk. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to rewrite the movie, but I, I do kind of want to punch up the front end of it a little bit because hmm. when it hits those heights, it's so, ah, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely funny, but I love the first half. I think it does a great job of establishing who they are. They're <laughs> they're watching Pretty Woman and eating junk food and talking shit about it, but then being like, it is actually kind of sad that they don't <laughs> that they don't let her shop. That's actually really sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love like it. It's getting a lot. from uh who is that actor? Um Sorry, which Ramon, one? Uh, Jacob Vargas, who plays Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do I know him from? Traffic. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, sure. Sons of Anarchy. I think uh, the payoffs don't work quite as well if we don't get those moments with them in their sort of mundanity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, like I said, it's a soft criticism. I really, really love this thing. It just, when I start laughing, I keep laughing and I kind of wish I had been laughing that hard through the first half of it. Through the first half of it, I'm more like, ah, oh, man, look at everything. This thing is so beautiful and, and crunchy looking and iridescent and, and uh, everybody's wardrobe is so fucking cool. And I had the reaction of, of cool, cool, cool. Like these girls are super cool. And that payoff of buying into their own shit is really earned because like the dresses that they wear to prom fucking rule. And that little seed of the Vogue editor is there the whole time. And I, I don't know, it super works. You know, it's a nice tidy script. I really dig it. Uh, as a kid, I always thought for some reason, when that opening shot, like helicopter coming over the ocean into Venice, California, that's what it is. But mm -hmm. as a kid, I thought it was Miami. I don't know why. It, the way it shot made it feel like Miami to me. But uh, it's definitely Venice, California. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely Venice. It, Venice doesn't look that way anymore, even. No. Like, 
And it wouldn't look that way even a few years later. You know, they shot this in the mid-90s where Venice was still pretty. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there it was still pretty bad during that time, too. They just, like, found a good spot, probably were able to clear it, maybe. I don't know. Well, not, they would have. That, that specific lot. Um, I, I, I don't think I, that building's there anymore. No, it... I'm pretty sure it is like, well, not, oh, sorry. I don't know about the, no, 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 not the house that they come out of. I'm sure that's gone. But one of the lots that they drive past is mm -hmm. something that I've shot a lot of commercials there. So it gets, that location gets used over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It's one that you would, anything that you've seen on the Venice boardwalk, Venice, uh, yeah, is uh, probably well, involves that location. Uh. Here's a fun trivia fact. Apparently, Mira Sorvino was dating Quentin Tarantino at the time. Mm -hmm. And in the opening scene when they're eating all the junk food in their living room, you can see a big kahuna burger and an ad for red apple cigarettes. Uh, that's killer. Yeah. <clears throat> Love a shared universe. Right? <laughs> Marvel. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so this director director david merkin he has done what did he do let's talk merkin david i was merkin. looking at his credits earlier also and there's one that comes right after this that i think we should probably talk about uh you know what i'm talking about um is it heartbreakers it heartbreakers we can't because that's 2001 I have it here as 90s. Oh, damn, damn, damn. Yeah, 2001. I love that movie as well. That's also another very funny rom-com. Little too long, but it is very funny. And I, I, my first crush as a kid was Jennifer Love Hewitt. So <laughs> I made my mom take me to everything she was in. You know, I felt similarly about Heartbreakers, which is that the tone just doesn't, there's absurd moments that really work for me. And then there's grounded moments that don't work quite as well for me. So hmm. I wonder if that's a, a Merck special. That's a the Merck Merkin working. That's the Merkin working, fellas. Gene Hackman though in Heartbreakers is very <laughs> funny. His constant yeah. cigarette cough, it, <laughs> it's... Uh, I love it. I love it. And Sigourney Weaver is perfect as always. Um, yes, she sure is. Back to Romy and Michelle's. I want to get yeah. back to something you said about it aging well um, and sort of related to the way that the script works. They're, they're cool in a way that I think, I mean, what do I know? I don't know any of the youths of today, but <laughs> It's, it feels like this movie was probably really influential to a lot of people in our generation in terms of like, yeah, no, I definitely make my own clothes and I'm an insane hipster that um, just is all about, I don't want to say like self-indulgence, you know, but confidence and not giving so much of a fuck about what other people think. And I, I totally dig that. Yeah, the writer, Robin Schiff, there might be two writers. I'm just on Robin's right now, but uh she like she's definitely done a bunch she's written quite a few like tv show episodes for random things but she this is like really her only feature screenplay the rest are tv movies she wrote episodes of the 10 things i hate about you tv show and the romeo and michelle tv movie um but yeah that's the weird 
kind of history. Did you get into that at all? No, I didn't. Did you? Just a little bit. There's like a TV, well, there's a like 2005-ish, I don't know, like uh, it's, um, movie. The TV movie is, where'd it go? Sorry. But there's a pilot that they shot pilot. in 99. Mm-hmm. But they didn't take it to series. Nope. And that's kind of a bummer. I think I would have watched that. Yeah, probably uh, depending on who like the cast was. It was know. Kudrow, I think. Oh no, it's Katherine Heigl. <laughs> she played Romy, and then uh, Alexandra Breckenridge played Michelle. Who's Alexandra Breckenridge? Oh, interesting. Huh. She's a working actor. She's on like Walking Dead and This Is Us, American Horror Story. She's in a lot of shit. But, uh, huh. Yeah, I'm curious. I've never, and Nat Faxon was in it. I love Nat. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm curious. I bet the TV movie is not that good, but I'd probably like put it on in the background one day if it was like free to watch somewhere. Sorry, there's the TV movie that's a prequel, but there's also a pilot that NBC shot in 99 with Lisa Kudrow. Oh, 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 my bad. And you know that what? I'm much more interested in. Yes, absolutely. For some reason, I've only heard about that and they just obviously don't have it on IMDb though because they didn't, they didn't do anything with it. I might have to look into the further reaches of the internet and see if that's somehow available because I, I would be interested to see it. Huh. That is actually kind of crazy. I would have, it would have been cool to see the stage play of it before the movie. Also, right? Yeah, that would have been awesome. I wonder where they did it. It doesn't say it there's no the information. Theater. I bet they did it at a legitimate theater. Right? I don't know okay. if it's fun here, but I did want to make, uh, I have one more note that I really love the big turn into the second act is the idea that like, oh, we could just lie about what we do at our high school reunion. And the fact they come up with post-its. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> the fact that they, oh, they can't lie about what they do at their high school reunion. They're simply <laughs> not capable of pulling off a lie. Yeah, well, I mean, they were getting away with it until Janine Garofalo was like, you didn't invent post-its. <laughs> Getting away with it is <laughs> technically accurate, but a bit of a stretch. Okay, okay. <laughs> Janine Garofalo is so great. She just spoils the fun in this movie. Also, <laughs> so right. Like, not to be the reality breaker, but why would you swing so big? Because, you know, it's a big, dumb script. <laughs> like, they could just say they had a successful business. That's all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We oh. distribute post-it notes. Post-it notes. Oh, too funny. And you got uh, Justin Thoreau as creepy cowboy man. Yep. He's in turn the nerd that Janine Garofalo has been dumping on. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a, a rolling downhill kind of comeuppance in this movie. Very tidy. Mm-hmm uh yeah there's just nothing but praise for this movie in my opinion yeah i mean there's not a lot here which is a good thing and a bad thing it's sort of hard yeah. to talk about it without being like no it's just it's pretty great i mean it yeah really and it's also great. like it flies by 
it's an hour and a half when it gets to the dream sequence like it feels like they're starting to wrap it up there which is kind of funny because it's this long <laughs> dream sequence and then when you come out you're like okay this is now the third act and we're finishing up and it like the third act doesn't uh, like uh overextend its welcome Ooh. there's the the key scenes that you need and a great fucking dance number yes <laughs> I, I tweeted out more climactic modern dance scenes and movies please <laughs> Well, it's delightful. It's so fucking fun. And exactly what you're saying. They're like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. How do we end this thing? Dance, dance, dance. Helicopter away. Hell yeah. So good. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> do you have anything else? No, really? That's it. I mean, I guess it's a short one. If for some reason you haven't watched it this year. Yeah. I <laughs> this year. Yeah, we didn't even like talk about the plot because I think it the title literally says it all. Let's see. There's Romeo and Michelle. They're kind of high school outcasts, but they make it to LA, which again, points to them actually being cool. They did something with their lives. They left the hometown already. That makes, it, whatever. I'm not going to go on that whole rant, but they are invited or they find out about their 10-year high school reunion we talked about that uh, at the jaguar dealership with janine garofalo then they decide to go to their high school reunion the first half is a little bit and this is maybe more to my point in the beginning it, we spend a lot of time in one or two diners maybe going through the yearbook uh, uh, just transitioning, one okay transitioning into the stories which i like but it's very slight. It's just sort of backstory and like, oh, here's who. <laughs> That's funny on its face because these women are clearly not in high school and everybody's way too old to be there, but they're just like moving past it. No, I, I love when when people do that, especially it, like it works for comedies. It Like in a dramatic thing, it'd probably be like, okay, this is a little ridiculous, but it works for comedies. The one that breaks me every time is, um, oh, Jesus, what's his name in Dazed and Confused? He's one of the bullies, but he just is like a fucking linebacker of a human being. So seeing him with other teenagers is really confusing. Hmm. I don't know. It is Cole Hauser. It might be Cole Hauser. Ben Affleck's one of the bullies. Doesn't matter. Moving yeah. forward. Um, Romeo and Michelle's is really good. Like really, really good. Really good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I gotta find out who it was just to satisfy my brother. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> it's not Cole Hauser. It's not, okay. Of course it's Rory Cochran. No, it's not Rory Cochran. <laughs> you know who it is? It's Sasha Jensen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This dude's a fucking beast for sure. He's got that <laughs> bad I, I love him in days confused he's got the bowl cut yeah yeah and he sort of looks like ray liotta now does he yeah a little bit these days um anyways okay. um yeah so this one will be a weird one for me to edit the outro of do you want to record like a clean outro no i think we got it cool there's a, a joke line about 10 minutes ago no it was like two minutes ago <laughs> but it was legit before we got into the days and confused stuff <laughs>